right, so uh, welcome to the first episode of the uh, Just Mercy podcast. Um, We are going to be diving deep and talking about a book by the name of Just Mercy, hence the name of our podcast. Uh, And for a quick summary, if you've never heard of the book, it is now a uh, actually a major motion picture uh, that stars uh, acclaimed uh, superstar Michael B. Jordan. Um, It's basically... It's a, a non-fiction story. It's a true true story about a uh, lawyer by the name of Brian Stevenson who defends uh, wrongly accused death row convicts out in the, the south, uh, like Alabama area, Virginia, you know, that whole area uh, down there. And uh, he, you know, th- throughout his time, he'll, he'll talk about his different stories uh, of the people he's met and the people he he's worked with, and uh, give his view on a lot of things, which is good for us to you know read about other people's views, especially someone of the uh, African American descent. And uh, I guess that's that's just a really quick synopsis. I'll just introduce everyone here. We're joined with uh, with Noah, so- uh, Irene. That's me Hello. and uh, Matt. So, um, I the question I want to ask you guys uh, that I mentioned before we started, you know, the actual podcast is why did you guys want to read this book? Um, I, I know Irene, you were kind of just thrown into the group. Um, yes, sir. But for I guess for Matt and Noah, you guys can answer this. Why did you want to read this book? I can answer that um, first. Um, I mean, there were a number of books out of the choices that we were given that I felt were uh, interesting to me. Uh, I felt Just Mercy was a bit interesting just because I've never really heard much from the perspective of a lawyer in general, but especially not in regards to civil rights and criminal justice and systemic racism and all of that. So I felt that it would be something interesting to read because it's not something that I've really, I really know much about from this perspective and honestly the cover also kind of caught my eye too so yeah I was about to say that's the reason that I, I, I read it is because uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Clawson gave me some reading time back when I was like the only kid going into school and I didn't have my my actual book at the time, so I just read this and I started reading. I read, got through like the first chapter, and I was like, "Oh, this is really good." So it was kind of just luck of the draw that I found this book. So it was definitely a good choice. I I actually am kind of enjoying it so far. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Mm. Matt, why did you pick this book? Yeah, I picked this book because I looked at all the other books, and then I just saw the title of this book, and I was like. And his title seems very interesting. Maybe I should give this book a try. Major motion picture, best-selling author. You know, let me try it. it. Might be a good book, and I don't really enjoy reading that much. So, pick a good book. Maybe I'll actually enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and so far I am enjoying it. Uh, about a quarter of the way into the book. Yeah, uh, Irina, I'll ask you this: uh, Are you glad that you were thrown in this group? Like, are you enjoying the book so far? Yeah, I'm kind of like with you. I'm kind of glad that um, even though I had no idea what this book was about at the beginning, 
I, like, really got absorbed into it in, like, the first, uh, maybe, like, 20 or so pages. I'm into, like, you know, the whole law system and justice system, things like that. So it's really, I guess, unique to see, like, the corruptions and how this guy just wants to, like, solve all of that without really any, uh, money-made decisions or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, it definitely kind of grabs you pretty quickly. I feel like it wasn't too slow of a start. No, really, it, it, it definitely wasn't. I mean, I yeah. will say this, I haven't actually read it since Monday, so it's been about a week since I've, you know, really read, so I might be a little bit behind when it comes to you guys, but um, no, I definitely, I mean, I liked hearing, uh, you know, his experience with the police, which we can get into in a bit, but uh, hearing how the SWAT team just kind of rolled up on him as he was trying to go home. Yeah, was, that was actually really yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's scary. If you're oh, scary. yeah, I, I could only, <laughs> I, I could never imagine being put in that situation but uh does anyone want to start off with our outline we have a little bit of an outline here um i don't mind starting off um kind of just with the first question um it asks to consider who is telling the story in our book and think about who they are and how they're speaking about the situation so um, the story is being told by a man named Brian Stevenson, who is a lawyer of color defending death row inmates, as Jack said, who have been targeted unfairly by racial bias and discrimination and treated unfairly by the criminal justice system. Uh, he grew up in a poor rural settlement in uh, Delaware, where there are still a lot of symbols of white supremacy, slavery, and the Confederacy prison. And I, I would argue his background growing up with his family in the area, um, in the area that he did, definitely sort of, um, I don't know if you would say invokes, but like it makes him feel very close to this sort of issue, to the condemned themselves. And I think he definitely feels a lot of sympathy towards them and understands it in a way that people who maybe didn't grow up in the area or that sort of area may not have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is yeah, just a preface. This story takes place in what, the 90s, correct? Uh, uh, I want to say, 80s. yeah, it's around the 80s to the 90s. Um, yes. So, I can probably double check that really yeah. quick. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it jumps around every so often. He brings up case, yeah. you know, yeah. throughout the uh, the 20th century. But this is not obviously a modern day book, so it's a little bit, you know, easier to understand the racial implications because, especially down in Alabama, where it's most notorious of a racist state, um, you know. The book is sort of set in the 1980s and 90s. Okay. So yeah, we're so just... 89 is sort of like when it starts, it looks like. Or at least that's when uh, Brian travels to Alabama. Okay. So yeah, it, it, it doesn't happen anywhere past uh, the year 2000. Um, so just keep that in mind. That's why, you know, don't mention some older things. It's, yeah. 
well, and the um, while it might still be an issue that is relevant today, I think in particular the issue of the criminal justice system. Yeah. Well, I guess I should specify um, the prison system, the prison system and the death penalty and stuff like that. I think it was, they were. Yeah. Fun fact. Like the fourth, one of those forefront topics of that time oh, yeah. period compared to now. Yeah. Uh, so this is just a real quick fun fact. Uh, the country of Sweden is actually considered such a safe place that their prisons were closing and they imported criminals from other countries to be stored in those prisons. That's just a little fun fact. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. I heard that. I don't know where I heard that, but I definitely heard that somewhere. I can't tell you how, I can't tell you the, like, the validity of that statement, but I have heard that. Oh, yeah, that's fair, but that's interesting yeah. here, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas in America, we have people getting locked up for minor drug issues. So, I definitely think um, the American prison system needs an overhaul. It's just, you know, we're also such a huge country that there's so many people, it's hard for us to... Yeah, keep, keep track, track, keep everyone in line, make sure that everyone's yeah. following the laws and, and deal with those who are I will say, I will say different countries, they, they might be similar in some ways, but they also have different issues, different things to factor in, different cultures, stuff like that. So, the United yeah. States may differ from Sweden. Um, in particular, I don't know if Sweden has the same amount of... Um, Population, uh, population diversity. I would say. I think United yeah. States in particular has a great amount of population diversity, um, <clears throat> which you know can lead to things like racial tensions and stuff like that. And yeah, let's say it's a whole like rabbit thing. hole. I don't want to you know go off topic yeah. too much, but it is slightly different situations. However, that is interesting to hear. Yeah. Um, so the next thing we have uh, is. Is this a voice you've heard before? Um, to me, I've never heard a voice like this. Uh, and that's just because growing up, especially where, where we grew up right now, where we're living now in, in, in New Jersey, this is like a very rural area. Um, obviously, we're pretty close to, to New York City, to cities like Trenton and New York, but uh, we're still in Sussex County, we're in the, the farmer's land of New Jersey, so to be, you know, hearing stories of all, you know, the racial issues that happen in our country, it doesn't, you know, to, to me, I've never really heard anything like this, um, I don't know if what I just said made much sense, I think I kind of did, but, yeah, I think um, so yeah, it, it's, it's very unique, especially because this is coming from someone who goes through racial issues every single day. Um, you know, as, uh, you know, as white people, we, we don't really need to be afraid of taking a drive and worrying about cops pulling us over and, you know, being abusive towards us. And maybe it's, you know, Maybe it's they're abusive because it's of the color of the skin. It, you know, there's a lot of yeah. other yeah. issues, but it's a predominantly white. Yeah, no, that's I would argue predominantly. Conservative. So we don't really have a very, you know, I've met. It, uh, yeah, I'll just finish by saying, um, never really heard a voice like this from a perspective like this. So if someone else wants to uh, answer that question, 
Um, I'd actually like to ask if Irene or Matt have anything to say about this. Basically, I just found it uh, interesting, like, somewhere in there mentioned that, like, around the time of the Civil War with slavery and stuff like that, they there was, like, something where they said that they were going to, like, start treating uh, blacks uh, equally with, uh, like, other people and whites, but instead, uh, they're still being uh, raci- racist and they're still treating them horribly and prejudice and locking them up and, yeah. Irene, is this a voice that uh, you've heard before? Yeah, no, I've never really um, watched or read anything through the perspective of a lawyer, like, as much as this, especially, like, one who's fighting for just, um, I guess, just equality and things in the justice system. I've only ever seen, like, um, movies or things where, I guess, law enforcement or whatever, they're kind of just numb and going to wherever, like, whatever they're told and things like that so I, I've never really heard it from the perspective of someone in the court who is kind of like going against that and looking to actively make changes in the system rather than just going along with it I would like to add I think the closest thing I've ever gotten to really reading something like from this sort of perspective and I think we may have mentioned this at some point not on a podcast but um, outside of it um, the book To Kill a Mockingbird, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, what's the father's Atticus. Atticus? Atticus Finch. He's, um, in that book, he's a lawyer. He defends a African-American man, if I'm not mistaken, in a case. It's probably the closest thing I think that I've gotten to. Yeah, I remember my sister reading that. Yeah, it's also important to just say uh, he did not, they didn't win the case. But it was the 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 fact that a white man would defend a black man in a the public court of law. Well, and that's also what's unique about this perspective is that while they are both lawyers, um, this is from the perspective of a lawyer of color. This is not Atticus, if I'm not mistaken, like you said, was yes. white. Brian yeah. Stevenson is African American. Slightly different perspectives. I think Brian Stevenson, um, or Mr. Stevenson, whatever you want to call him, I think he is a bit more um, of a connection to these issues, and I think he's a bit more more emotionally attached to them. I think. Let's end with uh, with our final question for today, which is: Are there any voices missing from the story so far? Uh, so obviously, you know, we we only got to like what chapter four or something like that. Um, yeah. So we're, obviously we're not anywhere close to finishing yep. the book, but uh, so far, you know, are there any voices missing from the story? Um, and when we say voices, we mean perspectives. Uh, I yes. To me, I think that a lot of perspectives are covered. Um, I think that the ones that the the one perspective really that isn't are the prison guards. Uh, of death row yes, because I mean say that too. Uh, to me everything else is from from the convicts to the people of the town you know you've, you you would hear that uh, they were displeased with the way that the police were handling the situation which meant that the police were you know displeased because now they needed to find someone which is why you know they would just pin it on a random man that no that, that you know 
uh, in this instance was of color and they just kind of made up some BS story uh, and you know I think uh, the only ones that aren't are the prison guards simply because of the fact that they're just kind of there you know uh, I yeah I think it is sort of mentioned kind of how it seems like they're behaving at one point. I think it's during um, uh, one of the executions of one of Brian's first um, clients. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he mentions the attitude of the guards. Yeah, I think it mentions their attitude, but I don't think it actually mentions, you know, like or not not their attitude, like the way that they they deal with the prisoners. Some are harsh. Uh, actually, most of them were pretty harsh, especially with the African Americans. But um, yeah. you know, it doesn't really uh, go into like take one prison guard and be like this man. Uh, you could tell felt badly about the the way that the convicts were treated. You know, it kind of it, it kind of felt like they were just NPCs that didn't have voice lines that were just kind of there, um, just for the sake of yeah, you know, sense. a filler type deal. Just they just had to be there, so they're just there. Here, things from their perspective, we definitely provide insight into I think their behaviors and why they sort of act almost hostile towards the prisoners and even guests. Um, there actually is one more um like final question. I know that you said that this was a final. Yeah, no, go, go for it. One more that we could quickly touch upon. Um, there are the two big, big picture questions, which is what happens when voices are represented, and why do they not? And how is your book challenging the single story? Um, actually, Irene, if you would like to answer this one, I feel like you have a pretty good response to this. Uh, well, sure. I mean, I think when voices are represented, that like you're just able to put together, like any complexities of people rather than um i guess their stories or narratives falling simple when they're not i mean they're people they're complex they're not like simple by any means and i think just mercy like shows a good job at like demonstrating that and it challenges the whole uh single story mentality because it mentions like the background and the livelihoods of these accused people before they were even like put in these prisons or criminalized like by the mouth of him of uh through the mouth of brian i guess like their stories are being told through brian um and they're just i guess uh yeah i brian's basically making them i guess more seem more complex and things like that yeah, the reason why I um, asked you, Irene, is because I felt like I had a similar answer to you, just more long-winded. But uh, yeah, I, I pretty much agree. Uh, Jack or Matt, if you have anything to add to that, you may. No, I think uh, I think I, I, I agree. There's nothing really that else that I have to, to say. I also okay, agree. I think that's uh, pretty much a wrap. I think right, we can close well, it out now. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening to our first episode. I'm sorry if it was a little uh, all over the board. You know, we give us time. We'll, we'll get better. We'll get better over time. But uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I'll see you guys later. Bye.